0: I think upon your goodness and your faithfulness each day. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of this world. He's the father of Grace Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this passage. So it means... Living the Generous Life. Can you say, Lawson, Living the Generous Life. life. Amen. Now, a lot of us have heard the word generosity before. Generosity or what it means to be generous and the the likes of a thing. And um, I'm sure that quite a number of us, that word is not new to us. But we just want to throw more light into that word this morning. What does it mean to be generous? Most, most of us have read the term of the word generous before. What does it mean to be generous? Alright? Now, the word generous actually means or can be expressed. There are several meanings. But in terms of giving, it means to give and share freely. To give and share freely. So... A generous person is one that gives and is one that shares freely. Say with me, to give and share freely. So generosity actually means, or when you then say you are a, you are a generous person, a generous person is one that possesses the willingness to give and share freely without restraint. So a generous person is one that gives and share freely but possess the willingness to give and share freely without restraint a generous person is one that possesses the willingness to give and share freely without restraint without holding back a generous person is one that gives and shares freely without holding back or without restraint. In other words, a generous person is one that has overcome the spirit of stinginess. When you say you are a generous person, it means that you have overcome the spirit of what? Stinginess. So always remember that generosity has two components. You are not just a giver, but you are also sharing freely without any form of restraint, without holding back, without stinginess. Amen. Now, I want to quickly deal about, about, with about three misconceptions about giving. Because to be generous, to we'll give, and um, to share freely without restraint. But let's talk about misconception about giving. Wrong mindset people have about giving. The first wrong mindset people have about giving is that giving is all about money. Giving, when you talk about giving, the first thing that comes to your mind is money. It's a wrong mindset to have. That whenever you hear the word give, all right, that what they are talking about is money. If that's all that you think or you know about giving, then you cannot be a fulfilled giver. You cannot you cannot find fulfillment given because giving is much more than money say so with mean giving is, giving is much more than money let's read one of those popular scriptures we quote in church when we when it's time to give there are so many scriptures that we quote or that often been quoted when never you hear the word giving and um, one of those popular scriptures is um, Luke 6:38 if you have been a christian for some time you will have heard this scripture often Time. And what does that scripture say? Say, give, and it shall be what given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that ye met, whither it shall be measure to you again. Now this is one of the most popular scriptures, Even I quote as a pastor. Most of us have gotten to know. But the question is, and this is also where the misconception about giving is all about money. Actually, I think because it is always quoted in the context of money. But you realize that when you quote this scripture, there is no mention of money there. In fact, this scripture had nothing to do with money. Amen. Now let's look at the context with which this scripture was written. Because we have to understand the context. You need to back about two verses earlier to understand the concept that is being put forth here. So go back to verse 36. Let's go to verse 36 of Luke 6, verse 36. It says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Then he then says, Give, and it shall be what? Given. Now, you realize that before he talks about giving, the word has started with what? Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Then it says, condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Then the next one it says is forgive and you shall be forgiven. Then the fourth thing it says is give and it shall be given. So you realize that when you look at it there is nothing about money there. It has nothing at all to do with money. Judge so that you, you, are not ju- you will not be judged. Condemn not so that you don't be condemned. Be merciful so that you can receive mercy. Then forgive so that you will be forgiven. Then the 15 it says is give and it shall be what given. It. So it's not about money. But why is it that this scripture is often quoted in the context of money? Because there is a principle that is being pushed here by Jesus. And what is that principle? It's the principle of sowing and reaping. That when you sow mercy you reap mercy. If you are the type that you like to judge other people, you too will be what? Judged. If you are the type that you learn to forgive people, you too will receive what? Forgiveness. If you are the type that you learn, what's the first one? Condemn. You always condemn people. In other words, what will you reap? What will you reap? Condemnation. Condemnation. And if you are the type that likes to give, what will you also read back? Giving. So you realize that now it's not about money, but we can apply that principle with relation to money. Because if you give money, you will also receive what? Money is about the law of sowing and reaping. That is the fundamental. But we can apply it to money. We can apply it to every other aspect of our life, but it is not central on money money is not the same in fact as at the time that this was written most of the countries were not using currency they were not using money but because money today is the medium of exchange for value and most value are exchanged for money that is come you see that often time we talk about money about money giving is much more than money what is giving you see giving is all about money then jesus was not a giver because jesus never gave anybody money throughout the bible you never read any single place where jesus gave anybody money so if giving is all about giving money then jesus was not a giver let's look at john the baptist if giving was all about money then john the baptist was not a giver because john the baptist never gave anybody any money anywhere so you realize but will you say jesus was not a giver because he gave his life Will you say john the baptist was not a giver john the baptist also gave his life so if all you think about giving is money then you have a wrong perception or a wrong view about giving you see, when you are given, giving is life itself. So, to understand giving, you realize that giving begins with you, who you are. The first thing you give is not money. Money is supposed to be part of what you give, but not the only thing you give in life. When you understand this, you realize that you are made for more. You are made for more. When it comes to you can give your time to people. You can give your 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 talent. You can give your resources of which money is not the only resources we have. The reason why people are not being blessed is because they've narrowed the context of giving only to money. Jesus did not give money, but look at the impact he made. Look at the life. Even after 2,000 years, we are, his, his impact is still... Being felt here in Agege, far away from Jerusalem. I pray that when your time is up, people will feel your impact. Amen. Say with me, I am made for more. Made for more. Say with me, I am, I am made for more. So one of the things I would like you to do. about giving is giving is much more than giving money. Generosity. Because we are talking about the generous living this month. In this month i want you to begin to focus on giving your talents giving your ability to be a blessing you can you can be more than you are you see let me say this you are made for more you are made for more and every talent every gift that god has blessed you with you can give it to be a blessing to people amen the second misconception about giving is this. We give to get. That's the second misconception about giving. We give to get. We give to get. Now, what does this mean? People quote Luke 6:38. Say, give. And it shall be what? Given to you. So, in other words, even as Christians, when we want to give. We will see us trying to, with the mentality of a gambler, or, 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 or of a lotto player, trying to say, as I'm giving this 1000 Lord, bless me back. Lord, I, you know, as I give this money, whatever I'm giving today, Lord, let your blessing flow towards, towards me. So we, we always want to give to get. If your mindset is that you are giving to get, you also have the wrong misconception about giving. Let me say this, we don't give to get, we get to give. There are two school of thought in this. We don't give to get, but we get to what? To give. Look at, let, let, let's look at the scripture. The Abrahamic Covenant, for instance. So the Bible says that, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. We might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, when I became born again, one of the things that we entered into is called Abrahamic Covenant. Now, what is Abrahamic Covenant? What is the principle of of Abrahamic Covenant? Genesis chapter twelve, verse two. Look at it. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. I will do what? I will do what? What did the Bible say he would do? What did God say he would do? Are you with me? What did God say he would do? So God said he's going to bless, right? Fantastic. So I will bless you. Now, then, after he had blessed him, then what did he say he's going to do? And you, look at it there, and thou shalt be a... So you realize that the first thing was that God blessed it. Then you shall be a blessing. We get to give. We don't give to get. What does that mean? When, If you want to be a generous person in life, if you want to cultivate the generous heart, you must know that everything that God has given to you Is for the purpose of being a blessing to others. So for instance, your ability to use your voice is not for you. It gave you so that you can be a blessing to others. Your ability to just see and care for people. Not everybody has that ability. You have it to what? To be a blessing to others. Before you receive, there has been a foundational investment that God has made into every man's life at birth. There is no man that came into this world empty. Money, before God even gave you money, he had given you talent. He had given you gift. He had given you special abilities. That which God has given to you is not meant for your personal consumption, but it's meant for you to be a blessing. And do you know that career are based on giving what you have. So if an employer is going to employ you, they first look at what do you have to offer us. It is based on your offering that in turn, remuneration comes to you. Now, if you always have the mind, the right mindset of a generous person that I get to give, I get to give, then giving becomes more meaningful to you. Because the moment you realize that you have something, the next thing that will come to you is that, how can I be a blessing to others? How can I share this with others? Because most of what you have to share, you will never get enough thank you for it. Those who always want to give to get, try to give to areas where they will be appreciated, Where they will be made known. In fact, you see a lot of them when they give, they want to make it so popular on the screen. They want to do all the. Because you see, they want the accolades. But when you realize that before anything you get, you have something. You have something that God has put in you. And that this which you have, it is for the purpose of giving it out. Everything you have is not just for you. The tap that gives water benefits from it naturally. But the tap will only find meaning by allowing others to fetch from it. Imagine that tap refusing to let go of the water. Imagine that tap refusing to release the water. Not knowing that the purpose of this water that is flowing through you is for people to come and fetch it. You find meaning in life when others can come to your tap and they are fetching from you. You yourself will not be thirsty. Because you are benefiting from the water. But the true meaning comes by allowing others to fetch, 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 fetch. fetch. As they go in and out, as they go in and out fetching, as they go in and out getting that water from the tap. That tap is fulfilling its purpose. But when that tap says, oh, I am tired of being, uh, of, of just giving out, of giving out. is coming to say thank you to me. Nobody's appreciating me. Nobody's blessing me. The greatest blessing that, that you can have is that God has put something in you to be a blessing to the world. That in itself is the greatest blessing. That you can be a tap, a channel of blessing. is more than the greatest thank you you can receive. You see, most of us have never celebrated our tap, right? The tap with which you fell How many of you have gone to celebrate your tap and clap specially for your tap? But you realize that that tap, even though you have not said thank you, in your heart of hearts, there is something that is always grateful that you have a place to fetch water. Am I right or wrong? When you go to the stream, you have never really said thank you. I'm not saying you should never celebrate or appreciate nature or appreciate things, but you realize that In your heart of heart, that this stream, you can fetch water from it. And it's being refreshed. That stream is fulfilling its purpose. That tap is fulfilling its purpose. But the day that that tap refuses to be a source, a channel of blessing, well, it can keep the water, but give that same tap month or week, that water will begin to lose its value. The water that has been held up and now this water, this tap is the only, or this pipe and this tap is the only one enjoying this water. Is the only one savoring the taste of this water. Is the only one enjoying. You re- give that tap or that pipe months, weeks. By the time you open it, I'm sure that even that tap, will have, the water will have changed color. Am I right? I'm, I'm sure that if there are no, nothing, maybe because the water is treated, but that water that has been trapped in that pipe. And the tap has refused to be a channel of blessing will never be the same. In fact, after some time it will lose its value. This is life for you. The moment you are complaining that, oh, I'm giving, I'm not getting blessed, I'm giving, and nothing is happening, and see, from that moment and because of that, you refuse to then be a channel of blessing. You refuse to then begin to be someone that releases what you have freely. Share what you have freely. From that day, from that moment, even though you are still enjoying what you have, but the real value is no longer there anymore. Because you are made to be a blessing. You are made to be a source of blessing. The greatest blessing is that you are a channel of blessing. That is the greatest blessing. So it's not when you then give your time, your resources, your money to someone, a cause or something. The immediate blessing you see, you see, as people use that water to cook, as people use that water to take their bath, whatever is done, that is what actually makes that water or that pipe finds fulfillment. Not about all the appreciation alone. That was why when that young boy came to Jesus and said, you know, I have obeyed the law, I have done this, I have done that. And what did Jesus say? He said, go and sell all that you have and I will bless you. Was that what Jesus said? He said, just go and sell all you have, and come and follow me. I am enough. He didn't promise him a single blessing. He only said, come and what? Follow me. Hallelujah. Say with me, I am made for more. The third thing, misconception about giving, is every giving is blessed. Every giving is blessed. So, everybody thinks, for instance, in church, for instance, When we say it's time for offering and we give our offering, that every offering we give is blessed. The answer is capital no. Not every giving is blessed. It's a misconception. Not everything you give is blessed. Wow, I'm sure some of us must be shocked about this. So that means that you are not going to give offering again? Yeah, you can decide not to give your offering again because not every giving is blessed. There are two major commandments Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. And thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. That's a summary of the commandment. Now, I'm going to actually now focus on this point, number three. That not every giving is blessed. There are three major triggers that makes a giving to be blessed. Three major triggers. I call them triggers of blessings. Three triggers of blessings. That makes a giving to become blessed. If those triggers are not there, you can give even the highest amount of money. You can give the best of your time. You can give the best of your resources. But the blessing will not be there. Because these three triggers determines always, constant, whether a giving qualifies for the blessing of God or not. Perhaps this is why most of us have been giving and we've not been seeing the blessing of God. This is why perhaps most of us can say, oh yes, I've been giving, I've been doing this, I've been but nothing is happening because you see, the, the triggers of blessings that makes a giving to be blessed were not in place. Now what are these three triggers that makes a giving to be blessed? Number one, priority. Number two, faithfulness. Number three, affection. Three triggers of blessing. Number one is what? Priority, Number two, faithfulness. Number three, affection. So, priority, faithfulness, affection. PFA. So, we can use the short acronym PFA. So, number one is what? Number two. Number three. Thank you. Can we... What are the three triggers of blessing again? Number one is what? Number two. Number three. Affection. These three triggers... Determines always whether your blessing qualifies, whether your giving will qualify for a blessing. Now remember, giving is more than money. Because this month of February, I believe God that God is going to raise a new set of generous people who are going to make great impact in their world. I believe that God is going to touch your heart to become a generous person. And do you know what that means? It means that you even be more conscious of your neighbor. Some of us, we don't even care whether the people in your office smile. So when you become a generous person, for instance, you look, you'll look, be concerned about, why are you not smiling? Is everything wrong with you? Can I pray with you? You are giving something. Oh, why are you crying? Huh? And you sit down there and listen to that person. You are giving your time. You are a generous person. To be a generous person, is to actually use what God has blessed you with to be a blessing to others, not just about money. Now, let's look at these three triggers. Priority. Priority. The principle of priority that triggers blessing is what comes first when you have to give. And let's talk about finances here because it's the medium of exchange for value. Number one, medium of exchange for value. But remember, it's not the only thing. Principle of priority is the principle where you have the word tithe, firstborn, and firstfruits. Tithe, firstborn, firstfruits, these are the principles that tithe is founded on, that the principle of firstborn and firstfruits is founded on. It's called the principle of priority. What comes first on your th- list? Which one comes first on your list? now when it comes to let's talk about giving to god when it comes to giving to god number one trigger that qualifies our giving to god one of the major triggers, as far as scripture is concerned is the principle of priority most people do not know that giving to god priority comes first because one god does not in throughout scripture god does not come last any time God is not a priority when it comes to giving to him, that giving oftentimes does not qualify for his blessing. Look at it. The principle of priority in the scripture. Exodus chapter 13 verse 2. Exodus chapter 13 verse 2. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel. What is God requiring here? First or secondborn? First or secondborn? Firstborn. First born. says, Sanctify unto me f- the firstborn whatsoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. So God is saying the first is what? Mine. The first belongs to me. Not the second, not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth. But what? Which number belongs to God? Which number belongs to God? Which number is God's favorite? First. Verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee, and to thy fathers, and shall give it to thee, verse 12, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the mattress, all that openeth the womb, and every firstling, lane, every first lane that cometh out of a beast, which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. Verse 13, and every firstling of an ass that thou shalt redeem with a lamp. And look at it. And if thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, kill it. And all the firstborn of man among thy children, thou shalt redeem. Let me tell you what the scripture is saying. God is saying that you see when you enter into this land you have gotten i have get i have given something to you now what do you want you to give in terms of priority i always want to come first so god said when you have a first male child or the first child that opens your womb that first one is mine you can take the rest when you have an animal your beast your your crop the first part of your crop the first part of your animal that gives, is belongs to me, of the clean animal. Now, God does not use the clean. The word as then means unclean animal. So he said, for the unclean animal too, you then look for a lamb, kill the lamb to redeem this unclean animal. Even the unclean animal. So things like um, catfish, things like rabbits, pigs, donkeys, those were regarded as unclean animals. God said even that one, because what you need to do is go and look for another lamp and give me a replacement of that first. Then, redeem it. If you cannot redeem it, if you don't have a lamp to use to redeem the first of those unclean animals, he said, then kill that number one. Don't eat the first. He said, kill it. If you cannot redeem it, kill it. Why? Because the first belongs to who? To God. Now, why did God say all this? This is Exodus chapter 13. Follow me right now. Exodus chapter 12 was when he brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of Egypt at first. Have you ever wondered why God killed the firstborn of of the Egyptian and saved the Israelites? This was what he was trying to do here. He was trying to explain to them. He justified the reason why he deserved the firsts. In chapter 13, based on what he did also for them in chapter 12. In chapter 12, verse 7, he said, kill, when you kill the first, no, let's go back to, let me know, let's go back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. I want you to really, really have a scriptural foundation. Exodus chapter 5, 12, verse 5. Exodus 12, verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. This is the animal that they want to kill now for their deliverance. You shall take it out from the sheep, from the goat. What? A male of first what? First year. Do you see first there? Verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper doorpost of the house, wherein they shall eat it. Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the second born. Is that what you have? I will smite all the first, uh, all the third born. No, 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 I think. Sorry, all the fourth born. It's fourth born. What, what does God say he's going to smite? Are you sure? I will smite all the first born in the land of Egypt. Both man and beasts. Now, do you see Exodus 13 playing out here now? Both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. You see, I see God execute judgment on your behalf today. Yes. In this month of February, I see God executing judgment on your behalf. Yes. And look at it. Verse thirteen: And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood of the first year animal, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall, be upon, up, shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, whatever is destroying people in this month of February will not destroy you. It will not destroy your career. It will not destroy your business. Now look, I, I want to show you something here. So he said to them, that you see, give me the first year animal. Place the door on the right, on the left, and on the upper part. Do you realize why he say put it on the down? Because when the door touch, when the blood touches the upper part of the doorpost, what will happen? It begins to go down. That is the sign of the cross. That is the sign of the cross. Now, God needed to apply a principle of first year. He said, give me the first year animal. Death wants to pass. But you too, you are unclean. The Egyptians are unclean. Now, I'm sacrificing a lamp. Remember in Exodus chapter 13, he said the unclean lamp, the unclean animal. You shall kill a lamb for it. To so what? Redeem it. Because it's what? Unclean. So if you cannot redeem it, what should happen to it? Death. Romans 6, 23. What does it say? The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Are you still with me? So God knew that for you to be redeemed, there must be a price of a lamb that must be paid. So, he he said, kill that lamb. The blood of that lamb now justifies your redemption. But in Egypt, they had no lamb that was killed for them. In Egypt, so they became unclean in Egypt. So, when death passed, the unclean animal, permit me to use that word, the unclean Egyptian, what happened to their firstborn? It was killed. Now, do you know that when it came to your own salvation and my salvation, God applied this principle of tithing. God tithed for you and I. It was God's tithe that made us saved. It was the tithe of God, the, the best of God. It, it was his first fruit that saved you and I. This principle you read in Act, um, Exodus 12, Exodus 13, was what played out in the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. John chapter 3, verse 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world, that he gave his what? Only. That is God's first, right? So when God wanted to redeem you and I, what did he give? He gave his first. In fact, look at the way Revelation called Jesus. Revelation chapter 12 called Jesus the first fruits. He called Jesus the first fruit of God. Revelation chapter 12. He, Jesus was called the first fruit. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. He said the first begotten, the first fruit of God, Revelation 1-5, that was Jesus. So God wanted to bring you and I into salvation. He brought his first fruit. Now what did he do? He realized that you and I are unclean. Remember Exodus chapter 13? So Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed so that you and I could be redeemed from the power of sin. If Jesus had not been sacrificed, then Romans 6, 23 have happened. Instead of breaking our neck, the Bible said that for the wages of sin is death. So God gave his own son, his own first fruit, his own tithes in the person of Jesus, and he sacrificed that lamb, and through that sacrifice, through his blood, you and I came to know God. God paid his tithe for you. Is somebody with me today? Is somebody with me today? So that is why the Bible then says, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, whilst we were yet sinners, whilst we are yet unclean, the lamp of God, that was why John called him in John chapter 1 verse 19, 29 John 1:29. When John the Baptist looked like Jesus said, Behold the lamp of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He called Jesus a lamp because he knew that through his sacrifice we are going to come into redemption. God is a God of firsts, God desires first, always. Is somebody with me today? Then you see this principle of first playing out through our scripture. When God wanted to ask Abraham for a sacrifice, what did God do? Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Look at it. And it said, Genesis 22, verse 2. And it said, Take now thy son, thy only son whom thou lovest, and get thee into a land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering. Why? His own son. His first son. So, as far as the covenant is concerned, Isaac is your first son, is your only son. That is the one I want. Abel versus Cain. People often say that in terms of Abel versus Cain, that God rejected um, the, the offering of Cain because he, what we were told in, second, uh, in um, uh, Sunday school, that uh, you know, Abel, Cain brought the bad fruit, but the Bible never said Cain brought any bad fruit. It was not the bad fruit of Cain that made God to reject his offering. Look at it. It was because he did not give God the first of his fruit. Look at it. It, Genesis chapter 4 verse 3. Is somebody with me? And in the process of time came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. So Abel looked at all the firstborn of his beast and said, you, you are first, you are first, you are first. So he brought firstlings, plural, firstlings, first of all his animals. But when he came to Cain, there was nothing called first in his offering. And God said, no, you don't understand the rule of priority. I am not an hungry God. It is not your offering that matters to me. It is where I am in your in your offering that matters to me. It is the position I occupy as you are giving that matters to me, even more than what you are giving. You cannot give to every other thing then now place me last. No, it can't be accepted. So God rejected Cain's offering and accepted Abel and his offering. Why? Priority. You've read of the story of Jericho in Joshua chapter 6, verse 18 to 9. Joshua 6, 18 to 19. They entered into the land of Jericho. Jericho was the first city, like Lagos, in the 36 states. In in the promised land, Jericho was the first city they entered. And God said to them, when you enter into Jericho, all the silver, all the gold, all the treasures in this land, in verse 19, said, it must be consecrated unto me. Don't touch it. It's your first fruit. It's the first thing you are doing in the land of promise. That was why Achan who touched it died and his entire household. Because he did not know and he did not understand the principle of what? Priority. That God is a God of firsts. Are you with me today? And the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Malachi 3:6. God has not changed. Hebrews 13:8. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God gave you Jesus is first, if in the Old Testament he always requested for the first, in this new covenant he will request for the last. Is that what you are saying? If God preferred to come first now. Are you And the Bible says that it does not change. Are you saying that in your time and in my time, under this new covenant, God will prefer to carry last in your, in your priority? What did Jesus say about principle of faith? He said, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first in the kingdom of God. What is this first? When you wake up in the morning, it's not your phone that should come first. It's not your appointment that should come first. In your time, who should come first? God. You wake up in the morning, the first person you say, Oh, Father, I love you. The first person that should hear your voice is God. Why do we come to church on Sunday? Sunday is the first day of the week. we make making first in ourselves. Before we serve man, we serve God first. That is what Sunday is all about. Amen. That is what the Sabbath day is all about. That put God first. You cannot go to work on a Monday and serve men when you have not bowed your feet and bowed your life before God. God is a God of firsts. Is somebody with me? Is a God of firsts. Now, somebody have 1,000 Naira. 1,100 Naira in 10 places. The title of 1,000 is What? Uh huh. Are you sure? The tithe of 1,000 is what? 100 Naira. Good. 100 Naira. So this person has 100 Naira. I'm talking about the trigger of blessing. He has his 1,000 Naira and he has a tithe. But you know what he does when he has this 1,000 Naira? He first goes to the market. He bought himself his shoe. 100 Naira shoe. He went, bought the food in the house. He went, paid the children's school fees. He went and um, paid his house rent and just assuming he went, he did every other thing. Then he then realized, ah, I have not paid my tithes. So he carried that hundred naira, the tenth, which is now an afterthought, and he transferred it. Now, according to the principle of first, has he honored God? No, has he honored God? The answer is no. Your giving to God becomes blessed and honored if he comes first. You must always give him in your time, in your life, in all that you are. God comes first. Always he comes first. Now, having this in mind, what does that then mean? Why is first so important? Faith is because it's a demonstration of faith. When you take make God first, what are you doing? You are demonstrating faith. Because look at it. You give your firstborn or your first income to God. What is the guarantee you are going to have more income? When God says to Abraham, give me your first son, what is the guarantee that he's going to have second, third, fourth, fifth? Have you ever wondered when Anna invoked the principle of first and said, if you give me a child now, I will give it to you. Do you realize that Eva could not resist her request? Because she, she applied the principle, she spoke the love language of God. If you give me a child, I'm going to give him back to you totally. What is the assurance she was going to have many more child. Because Bible says, without faith, no man can be pleasing to God. In the midst of uncertainty, when you give God first, what is the assurance that the remaining money is going to be enough for you? What is the assurance that you are going to have more money? You see, that is the place of faith. So it takes faith to make God first. And it is faith that makes you pleasing to God. If you want anything you are doing to be pleasing to God, it comes first. Because it is a demonstration of faith. Why should you make God first? No, the first portion carries the blessing. It's the first portion that carries the blessing. That is why in the, in the law of God, the firstborn always have what we call the double portion. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17. But he shall acknowledge the son of the aether for the firstborn. By giving him a double portion of all that he had. For he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. So it means the first portion carries the blessing. So it's a demonstration of your faith when you make God first. It's a demonstration that you believe in the blessing. It is what invokes blessing on others. Because it carries double portion. The first is weightier. Anything you do first carries a major priority in your heart. It tells you where your heart is. That is what determines blessing. And what is blessing and curse? Blessing is to have the supernatural walking in your favor. Curse is to have the supernatural working against you. That is the simple definition. The supernatural, the unseen is walking against a man. When the supernatural is walking in your favor, that is blessing. I see, your, the God, I see the blessing of God multiplying in your life. In this month of February, it's raining on you. Why is first important? Because the first redeems the rest. The first redeems the rest. Look at it. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches... So when you, in your finances, for instance, you make God first. When you give first to God, the Bible says it, that first you have given to God, it redeems the rest. So that is why Malachi says that bring you all time and, what, and I will rebuke what? The devourer on the rest. That is what it means. Because you have given God the first place. It is the first that has the power to redeem the rest. You want your finances to be blessed. You want your time to be blessed in a day. You want your, a, a productive day as you are going to work. Kneel down and make God first. Out of your precious 24 hours, make him first. And you have redeemed the rest of your time that day. No no devil can take over the day of a man that makes God first. He can try but he cannot succeed. Because the first hour, the first you have obeyed the principle of first. You have redeemed the rest of your... You cannot die a foolish death. You cannot die in an accident. Because why? The spirit of the Lord will go ahead and bless the rest of your time. God is a God of first. So with me, God is a God of first. So you must not just be a giver. You must be one that gives first to God. In your time, in your resources. That is why you must always ask every day, Lord, what will you want me to do? What will you have me to do today? The greatest prayer you can pray, Lord, let your will be done in my life. He said, recently I've been praying, Lord, help me to do what matters to you. I, I, you know, I don't know, one of my favorite prayers is, Lord, help me to go where you are looking forward to sending somebody. Lord, help me to do what you are blessed. Lord, help me to fill your pain, because I know that I will be more blessed. Haven't you, you realized that you value a drink that satisfies you in the moment of thirst? When you are so thirsty and you take that water, that water is more than ordinary water. It's different from the normal water you take when you are not thirsty. When you take that water, there is a refreshing. That is how a man who who is focused on meeting the needs, the the, the art of God, that is how it turns out. Say with me, God is a God of first. Now, there are three hearts, three hearts that that you must overcome to make God first in your life. In order to develop a generous heart, in order to develop a generous attitude, there are three arts you must, types of hearts you must always fight in your life. These are the preventive arts. These are the heart that does not want you to make God first in your life. It is the heart that keeps you from giving. The Bible talks about the three types of hearts that, that will always fight God from being first in your life. I call them the anti-first arts. I call them the anti-God heart, the anti-generous art. Three types of art that keeps you from giving right. Number one, a selfish heart. A selfish heart. And I will use um, Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 7 to explain this. But if there but if there are any poor NLT please, NLT, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land of the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard at it. Look at it, it's talking about the heart right now, because the heart is the main thing. Because God looks at their hearts. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone a loan because the year of cancelling debt is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Somebody with me. What is the meaning of selfishness? A selfish art is a product of idolatry. Whenever you see that you are becoming selfish, it means that you are now worshipping self, not God. It's a product of idolatry. A selfish art is a product of idolatry. It shows you are now worshipping self. And that's the first temptation. The devil said, if you eat this thing, you will be like God. So, in other words, your eyes is no longer on God. Your eyes is now on your personal interest. Idolatry. So, you give to the things that you worship, not to God anymore. For where, where your heart is, there your treasure is. Always remember, selfishness is a product of what? Idolatry. That is why, you see, if you don't have any personal interest there, you don't give. If it will not favor you, you don't give. This is why when you are buying meat pie for yourself, you don't feel bad. But when you... Buy for someone that you are not in relationship with, someone that is not your father, your mother. You know, you feel as though you have done something. You know, what I'm saying something very big. Why? Because there is no personal interest. When you give one thousand naira to a beggar, and you give twenty thousand dollars school fees to your son, for your son, the feeling is different, right? That beggar that you gave one thousand. It will be as if you are, how many of you agree with me? Now <laughs> It will be as if you have done something very big. Do you know why? Because selfishness says, this beggar is not your family. This beggar, you have no relationship with a beggar. So 1,000 naira is so big. And do you know how? God knows how to defeat, a, 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 how to collect money from a selfish person. You see them plenty at aggregate there. You see them robbing money on all their heads, on all their things. The only time they remember that beggars exist at the market there is when they are in problem. The other time I was going, Pastor Gibbe was telling me at Magboro there, a man was stopping him, begging him to eat akara. He said, "I refuse to eat." The man was sharing akara. I said, "I said, Pastor Gibbe, this man is problem that is making him generous. This one will not share this akara on a good day." i one woman was sharing at Magboro under bridge was sharing um five five oh, pure I think biscuits with. Um, with 100 and come and see the way she was creating a sin. I said, Ah, only God knows the problem that is making this woman. Normally, they will not give. But you see, when you don't learn to overcome selfishness, perhaps every nation, shall bow. What we bow it, will bow it. But I pray that you, love, will bow your own heart, not fear. The second heart is a grieving heart. A grieving heart. Deuteronomy chapter 5, 15, verse 10. KJV. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Thou shalt surely give him, and thy heart shall not be grieved. Do you know what a grieving heart is? A grieving heart is a product of ownership. Ownership. How many of you have ever given or made a pledge, and after you give, you begin to regret that you've made that pledge? You give some money that I, your heart just becomes sorrowful Has it ever happened to you before. Well, unless you are not in this world. When you, there are some giving and there are some pledge, You get those, then put gold for my head. What am I thinking? Why would I give this amount? What's going on? That part is with talk me. And you are like regretting for days you are beating your, how many of you can witness to what I'm saying? That is a grieving heart. It's not only you. It appears to me too. I remember when I gave my first house as an offering. It was my precious house. I built a three-bedroom. and I, just, I, I, I remember, you know, at first I was crying. We were to sell the house and give the 100% of the money to the church. And nobody was buying the house. So I, I remember crying, Lord, why are you rejecting my offering? Why and God, I, I didn't know that God was preparing my heart. The day they came to pay for the house, it was in millions. When the man said, which account should I pay? it?" I said, no, no, today." No. To to I gave him the church account. And that time, honestly speaking, I needed that money. Shortly after I give, gave that offering, then this issue of answers thing, and my office was boggled and all the old thing carried away. I said, like, Lord, I thought when I gave you should have prevented this. You know, and my heart began to grieve. You need the money more. All this thing they just all this thing, this thing I'm your sure show is working. Listen to me. It's, it always works? But your heart must be right. You must confront a grieving heart. Do you know why? Because it's a sign that you have now become the owner of what you own. God does not own it. You grieving heart is an expression that you don't understand that God owns everything. Because if it was true, if you know that it belongs to God, if if I say, give me my phone. Uh, My mom, please, can you give me my phone back? I've given you my phone. Can you give it back to me? Now, please, come, madam. You're looking so great. Your husband will love you more. Give it to me. Now, is it not absurd if she begins to cry that she gave me this phone? If she begins to cry after giving him me my phone, is because she has become a thief. It's because she does not understand that it does not belong. She was only a caretaker of it. Not really us. So when you take ownership of your life, you grieve when you give to God. Why? Because now you are the owner of your life. You are the owner of your time. He's no longer your creator, so he cannot have direct say over your life anymore. A grieving act is is a declaration of that you are the owner. It's a product of ownership. So remind yourself the next time you feel grieved when you give, that I have only given back what belongs to him. It was never mine. And when you forget that, when you forget that, you will keep grieving. You see, I was telling somebody recently, the person was like, you know, Ah, but you're a pastor, just this past week, you know, you're know, you a pastor at least, you collect tithes, you collect offerings, you make money as a pastor and I looked at the man, the man saw the other side of me, we were negotiating over something, and it was just I think it was on Thursday, this past Thursday, and I looked at the elderly man and his, and his other eyeball to eyeball, I, I said, you know what I have never earned a dime from the church I pastor as a pastor and I don't think I will ever. know that is wrong. But I, I have never any 50 couple. In over 20 years of at least. Now I've been a pastor for about 20 years in ministry. 13 years in this church, right? I've never asked anywhere I pastor that give me salary. I said, do you know why? I will never forget that I was dead. Declared dead by a doctor. I was confirmed dead. And man said, who died? I said, me. I was dead before. And because the man had lost... His own son last year, his only son last year, he knew what it meant. I said, but when in that dead state people prayed and God heard and brought me back to life. I said the reason why you see that I'm no longer active in business. Is because I kept reminding myself, not everybody had the grace and the opportunity and the privilege to come back to life the second time. He knew what I was talking about because he lost his son last year. I said, not everybody had that privilege, but I will never forget he brought me back to this world, not to make money, but to serve him. So no matter how much I'm tempted for money, I always remember that I am not the owner of this life. He gave it to me. And you too, the greatest mistake you can make is to think you own your life that is that thing is clear the day every man dies when you give him his checkbook his phone and he, he cannot hold it anymore because he came empty it will, will return empty but the thing is there are two legacies you can leave the legacy you leave here on earth and the one you have sent ahead of you this is called treasures in heavenly places most of us live our life on this earth without sending a legacy, treasures in heaven. That is a sign of fully. So you spend only on earthly things. Your resources is not focused on eternal things. Jesus said, do not lay up treasure for, on yourself on this earth, but lay up treasure for yourself in heavenly places where things or most cannot corrupt. The question is, how are you living your life? You are living your life just laying treasures, buying phone, all your best is on your clothes, but when you appear in eternity, no treasure in eternity. The business continues without you or it dies. The family continues without you but, or, or, and they don't miss you. But the thing is, your, which legacy are you sending ahead? So in this season of generosity, begin to live for more. Live for the person God has created you to be. Fulfill your purpose by beginning to share freely look at people who are in need and just spend five minutes with somebody a day. Can I spend five minutes with you? And you realize that this person is not, is not happy right now. By sharing your time, you are becoming generous. Can I, You look at someone that is in need and you say, can I be a blessing to you? You know, I told my wife that I think, I, I challenged my wife, I said, in this season of generosity, I told her, look for any amount, decide any amount per week. Put it in a special pocket of yours. And every time you are going out in the morning, ask and say, Lord, this money, who should I give it to? It may be 200, it may be 100. It doesn't have to be so much. But you say for the next four weeks of your life, just spare an amount. Put it special. Maybe you enter the bus Can I pay your transport? Can I pay for you? Maybe it may be somebody you will buy a drink for. Maybe it may just be somebody you see and you do something. But, but, but cultivate the habit of looking and thinking beyond self and you see that the heart of generosity will begin to flourish in you. I can't finish all the three points. I'm going to continue the third heart in the second service. Put your hands together. Stand to your feet with me. And we lift up our voices to the Lord. Say with me, Lord, help me to do more for you. Today I rise above the spirit of stinginess. Now I want you to declare ownership and relinquish ownership, Lord. I relinquish ownership of everything I have my time. My resources, my life in this season of generosity, Lord. I declare once again that you own me, you own my life, you own my time, you own my children, you own everything. And I'm going to make you I'm I'm giving it all back. Can you lift up a voice as you talk to God? Lord, you confess in this month of February. You confess, you confess. You are all that I want, you are all that I need. Lord, you are everything to me, Lord. You are number you are everything to me, Lord. I give it back to you, Lord. You, I give it back to you. Help my heart to be right in Jesus' name we pray. Now, I want you to actually make a commitment to the Lord, I'm making you number one. Forgive me in any way I've made you number two, number three, number four. You cannot send me anymore. You cannot give me direction because I own my time, I own my resources, I own my money. But Lord, I, I, I want to make a declaration. Lord, I'm making you number one again. You will become number one. I'm making it from today. You are my first priority. In my finances, in my time, in my talent, I am making you number one. Lord forgive me in any way I have not been making you a priority I have not been giving you the first place but from today I repent oh God come and take your rightful place you are number one in everything I do come and take the first place the place of importance the place of honor the place of best the place of priority Lord you are my number one lift your voice somebody everywhere you are and make that declaration from the depth of your heart Lord you are my number one I am making you first in my finances in my life in my time in my talent I am making you first, in my talent I will serve you first, with my time I will serve you first, with my resources financial resources, I will serve you first, Lord you are my number one oh come on somebody repent from the depth of your heart, Lord I'm repenting today, I ask for your forgiveness in any way I have treated you as though you don't matter in any way I have taken ownership of all that you have blessed me with, I get to give, I get to give I get to give you have blessed me already with good health. You have blessed me already with resources, human and inhuman resources, tangible and intangible resources. Lord, I give them all back to you, Lord. Come and take your number one place. Lord, help a generous heart to flourish in my heart. Lord, I pray today that the generous hearts will, will, will flourish. Help me to become generous, to so live a generous life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. all eyes eyes closed, I want to pray for somebody here, this is a good way to start your month, you want to make God your priority this month you want to say pastor please pray for me I know that I have had time for other things, I have pleasure in other things but I don't have pleasure in God I am not close to God, or you are here, you know that your time does not belong to God, your talent does not belong to God, you've taken possession of your time, your talent, even your resources, you are thinking, and you are no longer honoring God, but you want to repent today, to say, Pastor, please pray for me, you are watching online, in your house, wherever, but you want to make God first, you want to give your life to Jesus, but seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all other things shall be added to you, so if you want to, that rightful place in your life, just place your right hand on your chest, you may be on watching online, you may be here just place your right hand on your chest as a sign of repentance, as a sign of surrender as a sign of, of acknowledging that you need more of him now say this words after me today, say dear Heavenly Father I come to you this morning I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of your salvation Heavenly Father please come into my life through the Lord Jesus Christ and be my Lord and my personal Savior Lord Jesus I open the door of my heart to you this very morning come be my Lord come be my Savior wash all my sins away with your precious blood now say father I repent of selfishness I repent from grieving hearts I repent for not making you my priority From today, oh God, come and take your rightful place. Say with me, my life belongs to you. My talent belongs to you. My time belongs to you. And my resources belongs to you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who have given their life to Christ. And all those who have prayed this prayer from the depth of your heart. Lord, we receive the gift of salvation by faith this morning. And I pray for your people, oh God, everywhere online and in person right now. That you come and take your rightful place in our hearts, in our life, in the name of Jesus. In this month of generosity, I pray, oh God, that you will use us to meet the needs of others. Let help us to shine the light of your good works. That men will see our good work and bring glory to our Heavenly Father. Lord, help us to live our life for more. Help us to live our life to please you. Oh Lord, I pray for your people as they go forth today. That God, you will help them to fulfill their purpose in this life. Every one of us are special. Lord, I now pray that that special thing you have created us for, may we rise to fulfill it. In our place of career, in that business, in that marriage. The children you have given to us, Lord, help us to fulfill our purpose. Your divine assignment in all these places. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus name we have when prayed think upon your goodness and your faithfulness each day